Good evening, Weight Loss Surgery Nation. Your host, Ken Lane here, owner of WLSSupportForLife.com. Welcome you back to the fourth, I think we're on the fourth episode now, of uh, the podcast. And I'm looking forward to tonight's episode. We're talking all about habits. Good habits, how to create them, how to change bad habits into good habits. It's a fairly straightforward process, but... Just because it's straightforward doesn't mean it's easy. We all know that we've had bad habits in the past, and that's part of what's led us down to this road to weight loss surgery. So let's see if we can fix those habits. So going forward, we can reduce that revision rate that's at 30% right now to you know down to 0% if possible, or very minimal. Lately, I've been doing a lot of reading about habits, and I've uh, read the book The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. I hope I did his name some justice there. And it's a fascinating book on how the brain works and how the brain uh, starts to create habits within the body. And so what happens within the mind is, is there's a cue or known as a trigger, as you talk about. There's a routine that follows and then a reward. So in a typical scientific experience uh, experiment, there would be a cue of something. And in this particular one, he talks about he's got Julio, who's, uh, who's a monkey that he uses, and he sees a shape on a computer. The routine is then he pulls a lever. Once he pulls the lever, he gets some, I believe it is grape juice, and it's his reward. And they actually have uh, implants in his brain recording the brain activity. And you see, you know, he sees the shape on the screen, pulls the lever, gets the reward, happy, gets a little bit of a spike in the neurological response, telling him, hey, got something, feels great to me. And you do this enough time, it becomes a habit, and it works the same way in people. And what happens is the brain begins anticipating the reward. So what happens is once he sees the shape on the screen, the brain already peaks and says, I got a reward, and it starts creating that craving. And this is before he's even pulled the lever. It's before he's gotten the juice. He's starting to to expect and want that reward. And this is what happens with us with with food and sugary drinks and uh, too many carbohydrates and things like this is we have a trigger. And as soon as that trigger occurs, the brain starts to go, I need to have that reward. And it creates that craving. That craving becomes all becoming. It's hard to focus on things until you satisfy that craving. And even though you haven't done anything at this point inside your mind, nothing's physically changed other than that trigger's uh, been set off. And then you need to you need to feed that, and we've done that, and we fed that with food and a variety of different foods, whether it be you know salty food, sweet food, like I said, a whole variety of things. And what happens is we need to to change that habit. And how do you do this? Well, it's a three step process, right? There's a cue, there's which is the trigger, there's the action, there's reward. What we have to figure out is what is our triggers, and the issue being with myself included, is you've had these triggers for so long, they're not easy to spot. They've just become part of you. You don't even realize that they're there. And the triggers could be stress. The triggers could be, you know, uh, situations that you have to deal with, whether it be at work or at home. Uh, Triggers could be negative feedback on something. Triggers could be things that you're worried about. It's The trigger list goes on and on and on. And the hardest part is trying to figure out what is that trigger. So some of the things that you can do is you can keep yourself a little notebook and when you find yourself all of a sudden having those cravings of a particular food, a particular dessert, a drink, whatever it is, write down what was happening right before that. 
You know, what was occurring? What was it? For sometimes it's just driving by a place that you used to eat all the time or a favorite place. Or let's say it's seeing the golden arches and all of a sudden you, you can taste the, you know, the Big Mac and the fries and all of a sudden you get this craving. That sign was the trigger. Right? So now you've got to find a way to take that trigger and replace it with a new, uh, a, a new way of, you know, a new routine to try and give you that same reward or that same feeling you were getting after. And so what it is is you're not getting rid of the trigger. You're not getting rid of the reward. You're just changing the routine in the middle. And, the, and they find that this is the, the best way to change habits because habits never really truly go away. They will stay deep down with inside the brain and they'll always be there. And when you least expect it, they'll, they'll start creeping back up and creeping back up. And every time you feed that habit, you're strengthening its... Uh, you're, you're giving it more strength within your own brain and within your own body. And, and what happens is it becomes a subconscious habit. So now it starts happening without you even thinking about it. And that, for a lot of us, is the biggest thing, is most of our habits have become self-conscious or, or in the subconscious. You know, we're not actively conscious about what's going on. So it's deep down in the subconscious. It just happens. It creates. And sometimes afterwards you're going, why did I just do that? Why did I just eat that? Why did I just drink that? What was I thinking? But this is always after the fact because you've had the trigger, you've done the action now of having that food or having that drink, and instead of getting the reward, you start to get the reward, but then you get angry with yourself because you're like, I'm trying to change this, I'm trying to you know, make myself better. And that's the difficult part. So the biggest thing you can start to do is you know, tr try and create a book of triggers and then start working towards eliminating those triggers if possible. Okay, one of the greatest things that you can do is if, if there's specific triggers that maybe say aren't in your house or aren't emotion related, you can maybe eliminate those triggers altogether, uh, such as certain bad foods in the house. If you have them and you know if you see them, you're going to want to eat them, just get rid of them. Don't have them in the cupboards, don't have them in the fridge, just get rid of them altogether and you eliminate that trigger. If you don't see them, you don't crave them. You know, um, because the biggest thing that they found is too is even during these studies, when that reward didn't come, uh, Julio began to resort to anger and depression and be upset, upset and be solemn at times. All the same things that, you know, we feel. And it's all the same things that we've gone through in that emotional roller coaster that you go through and which is part of the battle. And one of the reasons why revisions are way up is because people haven't replaced these habits so what happens is when you get through that early phase of the surgery and the weight comes off and you go, I own this, this is easy, I'm all over this. If you haven't replaced those habits with something healthier, they're going to come back up because they're stronger than you realize. They may be stronger than, than you think uh, and they may be stronger than you if you haven't replaced them. So you need to start getting those things into uh, creating new habits because they're neurological they're within the brains those cravings and that's what makes them so powerful is they override everything else they they override those and the cravings emerge so gradually that we don't don't even realize that they're they exist we're blind to their existence until we start tracking our triggers and our food and everything going on and you know a good example of this is out of the book um, is Cinnabon if anybody's been to, to Cinnabon you know, they have those in, in the malls, but if you find out in most places, Cinnabon is not in the food courts. And this is a strategic decision 
by the Cinnabon company. They want to be situated away from the food court. So what happens is the smell of those Cinnabons go wafting through the halls. And you're walking through the mall and just having a good day and you're shopping and you're getting some stuff done. And your nose picks up the smell of those Cinnabons. And it starts to get in. It starts to create the craving within your brain. And you don't even realize it yet. And then by the time you turn the corner uh, of the mall where the Cinnabon place is, you think to yourself, oh, Cinnabon, you already got your wallet out and you're buying one. And that's the type of thing that you have to stop. That's what we've got to uh, identify before it happens. And we've got to create those new habits so that this unthinking leads us down a, a path that we don't want to go back down. Okay, there's nothing programmed, as they say, in our brains uh, to want certain things. There's no program in there that says, I have to have these things. There are things that we create, habits that we create. So what we need to do is we need to replace them. We need to find some good, healthy you know, uh, ways of, of replacing these. Some people do it with exercise. Some people, because you get those endorphins that make you feel good after. Uh, some people do the, you know, I have this craving. How do I handle it? Do I get up? Do I take a walk? Do I drink more water? Do I get away? Do I you know, uh, find something to read, something to do that you know, is enjoyable for you, that gets your mind right into it? And the thing is you do this time and time again and it begins to overwrite the last coding. And it's still there, but it gets a little less powerful, a little less powerful, a little less powerful until you get to the point where that's not your initial response before uh, anymore. You want to get that new initial response so habits is the biggest thing that you can do to change your life for the better, right? The surgery is just a tool, but until you create those positive habits that you need going forward, it's very difficult to be successful. You know, it, it's very difficult to maybe get to the the weight that you want to get to or get to the size you want to get to. And, you know, there's a lot of positive motivation out there, such as before and after pictures. But motivation can't get you through every day. Every day you're not 100% motivated. Every day that motivation is not enough to override the cravings. You know, um, being skinnier, being healthier, they're all things that help motivate us, but they're not going to be able to get the job done every day. So what you need to do is get that habit created, build it strong, and then what happens is you don't even have to worry about the motivation anymore because the habit feeds on itself and the motivation will just strengthen it. And before long, you'll be living such a healthy lifestyle, people are going to be asking you what you're doing and you'll be able to give them help. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Um, I've got some interviews coming up with a couple of uh, key people in the industry, a couple of different site owners. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I hope everybody decides to uh, to stay with us and uh, if you want to go to wlssupportforlife.com with the number four sign up with your email address and I'll give you uh, give you advanced notification to when these podcasts are coming out thank you to everybody and have a great night